fast and I'm sweating in my palm. It's so many different things at the same time. And, but I know it's what I'm here to do. So all of it stems in these relationships that I've been able, able to cultivate now with my sisters and my mom and my, and my dad and my friends and my husband and all of these stem on my relationship with Christ. Because before him, everything was in shambles. I didn't even know how to pay bills on time. I didn't know. I In my head, everything was 15 minutes away, so I never planned accordingly to get somewhere on time. And now I'm accountable. I'm responsible. I eat healthy. I'm, I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm able to show up for myself and show up for other people. All because of my belief and my faith in Christ and knowing that he died on the cross for me. And it's not about the religion. He came to get rid of the religion. That's the whole premise of the New Testament. And I'm here to encourage people to read their Bibles. That's one of the biggest thing that changed for me too. I read a little bit every day and it's never the same twice. It's, it always applies to what I'm going through and is the living word. Surrendering to Christ allowed me to surrender to my process and give myself a chance. Nothing else was working. So, Hey, hey, I'm back. So we're going to go over part two. And this is going to be straight off the cuff, y'all. I didn't journal this part, but I will have, we'll see what we find. Part two, consider your peak experiences. Oftentimes our values are formed out of extreme moments in our lives. Think of the best and most challenging moments you've had. Consider what values you've adopted because of those experiences. Okay. The most challenging experience is going to be, you know, this um, lower back injury that I've had. Three herniated discs in my lower back, sciatica on both sides. And I say that's my worst because it led me to the point where I had trouble walking. My legs were uneven. My hips were uneven. And... I remember learning because I was told to take baths and Epsom salts and 
Now I love baths, but in the beginning I hated them because I'd have to sit with my thoughts. And I remember in the bathtub not wanting to live anymore and just thinking how I'll never be able to carry a baby or even walk, let alone wear heels or be feminine. I, I, I would I would see other women walk in my mind's eye and I would I would get jealous and I, I, I would sit in that bathtub and I, I would I would want to die. Worse than my darkest days of addiction, because even when I was using and slowly killing myself, I deep down I didn't want to die. This was completely different. I felt alone. I felt the most loneliest I've ever felt. And that's after finding Christ, y'all, because that was years later, but I still felt alone. And I couldn't take medication to make the pain go away because of my choices and my previous addiction. And I would just I would just pray. All I had was prayer and Man, the, they come out the woodwork. I remember my neighbor would come over, offer me Vicodin, and I'd have to say, no, thank you. And Because even when you're not looking for it, it'll come knocking at your door because the enemy knows like what, what the candy I like. He knows what I want to take. So, And that wasn't even enough. So this was tough because I'm in the middle of all that. And I mean, thankfully, I never had a plan. I, I always got out of the bath. I never did anything, but I, I didn't want to live. And around that same time, this abusive boyfriend was involved in an altercation at work and he broke his hand. And he had to have surgery on his hand. He has surgery and I'm, the doctors talk to me, I have to get his medication and, and you know, whatever. And at that point is he was prescribed Oxycontin. And I was like, oh, God's got jokes, huh? God's got jokes, huh? So now I found myself calling pharmacies, trying to find a place that will fill his prescription because now everybody knows the drama like it's they 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 monitor the pharmacies and stuff now and the reason I say God's got jokes is because that was part of what we did in my addiction like we would pharmacy hop we would we would purposely go to mom and pops so that because they didn't have a da database that connected them now they do now they have a database you know but, um, and we'd pay cash for these prescriptions and we'd use them, you know, whatever. And so now I found myself clean and sober with an injury that needs medication, but I'm not taking medication, I'm taking like ibuprofen. The strongest thing they gave me was like Tylenol 3. And, um, but now... I have to get this prescription for him. So now it's in the house. And it's talking to me from the medicine cabinet. 
I wanted to take it, y'all. I wanted to. I was in actual pain. If there was ever a time. I didn't do it. So around this time, it was Thanksgiving. I forget what year, but I mean, I don't know, like five years ago or something like that. So maybe 15, six, 2015, 2016. So I'm in a... I'm still able to like get around a little bit, but um, I mean, but it was bad. I had a cane. I had a shower chair. This this injury was really bad at like 34, 35 years old. No, I was like 33. Yeah, yeah, because I got injured at 30. I don't know. Anyways, um, I'm like trying to remember it. But anyways, it, it doesn't really matter. I was young and I go to my sister's house for Thanksgiving. Wasn't a lot of people. It was just her boys and um, her her boyfriend at the time. Her It's her ex now. She's married, happily married now. But anyways, um, it was a divine appointment because I tell him the story I just told you guys about the Vicodin and then he has surgery, gets Oxycontin and the whole bit. And then that's when he helped me break it down. And he said, oh, the devil gave you the candy you like and you didn't take it. You don't think he took offense to that? I like took a step back. I'm like, took offense to that? I never even thought like the enemy would take offense to something I do. Because what happened after that, you guys, is my injury went to like a whole nother level. And I had to, my therapy had to be stepped up. The, the getting around was even less now. Now I was even wearing two different shoes because I needed like a higher one and a shorter one because my hips were so uneven. And I remember I would cry in pain with that ex. Like even, even though he was abusive, if he didn't feed me, I didn't eat. Because I couldn't, like scrambling some eggs was too much pressure and I couldn't do it if he didn't like leave me some fruit before he went to work I was just stuck there so God bless him for what he did do in my life that was positive regardless of the negative because through all the abuse and everything like that all I knew that I could do is that I can I can be taken to the ledge that far and not use and that showed me a lot about myself so God never wastes anything so back to the story at Thanksgiving, he tells me, like, you don't think he took offense to that. And I'm like, man, I never even thought of that. So, so I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he says, you got to pray the armor of God. And I was like, armor of God? Ephesians 6? Is that what you're talking about? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I go home. The next morning, I wake up like half asleep. I limp over to the to the bathroom to, to go pee. And um, as I sat there on the toilet, I literally prayed the armor of God over myself. You know, I imagined myself tying like a belt around my waist, the belt of truth. Imagine putting like a helmet on my head, the helmet of salvation, you know, putting a breastplate on, breastplate of righteousness, 
putting the, the gospel on my feet, you know, as my shoes so that everywhere I go, I could spread the gospel. The shield of faith, you know, you got to bring that up sometimes to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then the most important thing is the weapon, which was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, there was a there is a last one that's prayer, but I just learned about that one most recently. But at this time, I went as far as the sword. I put it back in its sheath and I went about, I, you know, I said in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. You guys, I did that three days straight. And then the suicidal thoughts left. I don't know how to explain it. Now, I still had, I still couldn't walk. I still was in a lot of pain. But that armor of God got rid of that spirit of suicide because it's a spirit. It's nothing we own. I was not suicidal. It was a spirit that was attacking me. And through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ and putting on that armor because prayer works and the word of God is powerful and there's power in the name Jesus, that that spirit left me and never came back. And slowly but surely, I think it was fall, a few Sundays after that, I had to make the choice of going to church or going to a yoga class. And I limped my ass into a yoga class and I got stronger. And that I remember that's where I met a teacher named Arn Wolf and he took an interest into my situation and I hired him one-on-one. -on -one. After our first session one-on-one, -on -one, I was able to take a shower with no pain. I didn't need the chair and I was able to stand and that's when I knew I had to take time for myself and learn how to use my body because there was trauma in my body that I was carrying around. So today's lesson of the day, the armor of God and how powerful it is and what it did for me. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Remember to like and share and subscribe. Bye.